It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Now let's talk to Greg Ennis, Sifu Manufacturing Division Organizer. And a very good morning to you once again, Greg. And thanks for joining us after your meeting with Meat Industry Ireland yesterday. You described it as a robust meeting and a number of things agreed between both parties, I think. Yes, uh, Michael, it was a, a robust meeting. Um, there's no surprise in that. Meat Industry Ireland have, have met a trade union for the first time, I think, in their history. Uh, a meeting we've been looking for, as you know, for a number mm. of months because of the crisis that has now unfolded, uh, as we predicted in June, that it may well manifest in the uh, meat processing plants. So, look. There's no recognition of trade unions in these meat plants at all. There, oh, there is recognition. We, we have six, over 6,000 members out of 14,500. Uh, but Meat Industry Ireland would be an umbrella organisation representing them to most of the main processors mm. or the primary processors. There is recognition, but the terms and conditions is something that we've always strived to achieve and we need to build our membership base further to max out on, on the terms and conditions because at the end of the day, you know, we can talk about this forever, but uh, as I've been saying since, since April, some of the big vectors in the spread of COVID within the meat plants mm-hmm. is the terms and conditions because workers are forced, as you know, to share accommodation, to carpool, etc. Uh, and with nine out of ten not having sick pay, mm. uh, well then, you know, if someone has a, a slight touch of fever or cough or whatever, they really have little choice but to go to work. And, and but this is the I, first I, time I, you've had the opportunity to talk about any of these issues with Meat Industry Ireland. They've never met with you before. No, they had, mm. they had refused to meet with us, and it's mm. ironic. Uh, we, we made our submission to Rick 2 into the uh, Oireachtas uh, COVID-19 committee in, mm. in, uh, in early June, and uh, SIP2 was not invited to attend because uh, of social distancing. They couldn't facilitate us, but Meat Industry Ireland were able to attend. Uh, and at that meeting, they were... Uh, questioned as to why they wouldn't meet the unions because we had been saying about the commonality mm. of purpose that's needed. We need everyone, you know, paddling in the same way to beat this virus and, and not to talk about it is not where it's at. We've seen the CIF and the mm. trade unions come together there to do business on, on construction. Yeah, and we listen back to that uh, interaction uh, between Meat Industry Ireland and uh, Matt Carthy uh, TD yesterday on uh, the programme and they were saying they were open to talks uh, but they never happened uh, uh, until yesterday, uh, it seems. Uh, but uh, are you happy following on from those talks uh, that change uh, will follow? Well, look, it's a step in the right direction, but I remain extremely concerned about uh, the prospect of the months ahead within the meat industry and indeed the wider communities with the fluenza and so on mm. that will, will, will come about. Because yesterday what we put the meat industry Ireland was a charter, we believe, uh, which was you know setting out, first of all, of paramount importance, the safety of workers, the families and the community. 
Uh, obviously, the continuity of meat processing, processing it is an essential foodstuff. Uh, and, and thirdly, that that essentiality be recognised in the terms and conditions of workers. So we also put in our charter to them uh, preventative and corrective measures, which we believe you know there must be full compliance with mandatory temperature testing, for example. There must be full compliance mm. with HSE guidelines. Uh, there must be you know proper PPE provision in every plant. Um, and obviously the issue and the big issue... Uh, well, there's two of them. One is the terms and conditions I've mentioned already, but the other mm. is COVID testing and repeat testing. And I've been calling for this blanket testing to take place mm-hmm. for a period of time. And it's not that long ago, uh, Michael, when, when Simon Harris, the then Minister for Health, was talking about we can do 15,000 tests a week. That's right. For 15,000 workers approximately in the Irish meat industry, why aren't we testing them? We did it for the HSE workers. Why mm. aren't we doing it for the meat workers? So what's happened now is not a surprise to us. Mm. We don't always get it right, Michael, but all we did was follow what happened in mm. Germany and America. So out of yesterday's meeting, to, to be, I suppose, somewhat, op- somewhat optimistic about yeah. it, uh, what we've what we've agreed uh, between us, there's only really two things agreed. The media might be hugging this a bit. It's, we've only agreed really two things. First of all, that both SIP2 and, and Meat Industry Ireland uh, would approach the HSE this new uh, NSOCUS, the National Standing Oversight Committee that was set up last Friday, it's headed up by Dr. Lorraine Doherty, mm. that we would contact, uh, and hopefully even on a tripartite basis, sit down and, and, and discuss uh, urgently the actual needs in the meat industry uh, uh, by way of testing. So in England at the moment, you can have seven or 800 tests done and results the following morning. We need that here. Mm. So last uh, week, uh, in, in, in companies where we're organised, we have seen workers wait four to five days. We have workers that have t- were tested last Wednesday and Thursday and still haven't got results. Uh, we have seen workers who were working in a meat plant where there was a, uh, a significant outbreak in one part of the plant and it was shut down. And the workers in the other part of the plant were tested, were allowed back into work uh, to finish off perishable product. Um, uh, and then four days later, they find out they've been tested positive. And then we wonder why we have 150 cases in a particular plant. Like, this sort of stuff has to stop. We need testing. Mm. We need it repeatedly. We need it, in my view, and I'm not medically qualified, on a 14 to 21-day cycle to deal with the gestation period mm. of the virus. Uh, and we need test results the following day. So we've written to... Um, uh, I've, I've personally written to uh, Dr. Lorraine Doherty yesterday, uh, well, by mm. email yesterday mm. evening, looking to meet as meat interested and have and we need to talk about you know, the efficiency of track and trace, the speed mm. of the testing results, and a clear understanding of potential scenarios. So let's say yeah. there is a, a suspected case in a particular part of the plant. Is there, there needs to be an isolation room set up, first of all. That person needs to be got out of that workplace uh, quickly and safely for the benefit of themselves uh, and everyone else. Um, the other issues we, we spoke about, Michael, uh, were the charter that I mentioned. Uh, and I suppose, you know, uh, having been a long time in this game, you know, talk is cheap, right? And actions do speak louder than words. So what Meat Industry Ireland have said is that they will uh, bring our charter back to their members, which are the primary meat processors, mm. uh, and they will uh, respond to us formally at a follow-up meeting to take place at the end of the month. Now, that is can be seen as being positive, but I think that meeting is crucial because within that charter, of course, is probably the issues that a lot of employers don't want to deal with, which is the poor w- wages, uh, the, 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 the lack of sick pay where 9 out of 10 workers don't have it, uh, and pension, etc., etc. Because we believe these are all, particularly on the sick pay front and the wages front, they are completely, uh, as I, as I see, mm. uh, central to um, this perfect storm. Do, do, do you know what, Greg? I, I was very uh, confused before you started talking about employment law, and now I'm all the more confused uh, because I don't understand why you're pushing this. Why is the trade union in a position that it has to push this? Where's the department? These are department-approved meat plants uh, and surely uh, the oversight and the direction and the instruction should be coming from the department and indeed from the minister. 
I agree, and uh, I, I agree. Uh, I, I don't intend to confuse anyone, but I, uh, what I am saying mm. is this, is that Minister Donnelly uh, uh, over the weekend came out and said he was given personal mm. perspectives on this, that and the other. That's simply not good enough. We wrote to the Chief Executive of the HSA in May, on May 19th, mm. following mm. her admission in the Oireachtas that they had only commenced inspections of meat plants. We still have announced inspections of meat plants taking place as, as, as of now. That's not good enough, Michael. We need unannounced inspections mm. to keep people on their toes to make sure that everything is done that can and be. I, I didn't mean that you were confusing me by what you were saying. What, what yeah. was confusing me was why you were saying it. And why, why is the trade union in a position or has found itself well, in a position that it has to try to protect people from their employers? Well, we, we have always seen, since, since the foundation of our trade union uh, in 1909, we have always seen the first priority is to ensure the safety and well-being of our members. Mm. And the legislation, as you rightly say, is currently there, where the employers must provide a safe working environment. Mm. Now, as I said in my statement yesterday, Mike, the meat may be perishable, but workers are not. Mm. Uh, and I think if there's carcasses or meat left in a meat plant uh, where a line or whatever is shut down, uh, and workers are tested under no circumstances should those workers go back in and be working in that plant. I have heard horror stories in the last two days, anecdotally, but one of them I would absolutely believe. I've heard stories of 46 people sharing an accommodation in a house in Eatonderry. I don't know how true that is, uh, but it's from a reliable source. Mm. I have heard situations yesterday where workers in a particular meat plant, uh, I think it was in Clara, left the workplace because of concerns that workers from another plant uh, uh, in the same county, had been brought up to work there at the weekend to finish off product. Now, if that's the sort of game that's, that's going on, atrocious, yeah. it is absolutely atrocious. Yeah. And, like, you know, you have a situation now where three... I'm, I'm from me, mm. myself, I'm a Midlander, but the three counties beside me, mm. you now have a situation where we have three counties beside us, in, where, where I live, mm. who are lock, locked down with the economy taking a massive hit in those three counties mm. because we don't seem to be getting this right. And, you know... But to add to the confusion, if I can, Greg, as to why we're talking about this now, uh, uh, it's been well flagged. Uh, the 21st of May, the Minister, Michael Creed uh, spoke about the Department of Agriculture contributing uh, to the HSE chaired National Outbreak Control Team, that the department would provide any support needed at local or national level, that uh, the department approved meat plants would be assisted by the department in the dissemination of the guidance coming from the HSE and so on and so on. Uh, but here we are, what, uh, June, July uh, into August, two and a half months later, uh, and I'm not sure if the minister was just waffling or if any action was taken. Well, my opinion on all of that uh, is that, you know, we got to what some seen as a plateau of 1,115 cases about five weeks ago. And it seemed to go quiet. And whether the guard dropped or whatever, people are saying that, you know, I've heard commentators on this morning from the business side saying that this is generated in the communities, it's not in the meat plants. The reality is uh, the, the number of asymptomatic cases that's been claimed in the meat plants is way above the proportion of asymptomatic cases, let's say, in the HSE, who are dealing directly with, with uh, unfortunate members of the population who've contacted, uh, uh, contracted uh, coronavirus. So I, I'm, I'm not sure if, if all truths have been told here, but what I do know is the eye was off the ball. This has reoccurred, as we predicted, not because we have any divine knowledge, but because it's what happened everywhere else, because the vectors in meat plants are the perfect storm. Now, it's not as simple as say, we'll shut down the meat plants, because, you know, mm. we, we, we need uh, the essential service. But you can't have cheerleaders in the government and business saying about how essential the meat processing service is when they pay their workers just above the minimum wage or the minimum wage with no sick pay. That's not good enough. You can't have it both ways. This business um, generates hundreds of millions 
of profit every year. In fact, a billion, I would argue, in some cases for some companies. Uh, and, and on one end, the farmers get very little for their product going into the plants. And on the other end, the workers are getting paid minimum wage and no sick pay. So, like, it's about time that a light was shown on this industry. And I would call on all the HSA, the HSE, uh, and the government. But, like, Michael, I've called on this in your show months ago, looking for what I call the Farm to Fork Task Force. Everyone needs to feed into this. And now there's a panic. Uh, I'm hearing that there may well be a Rockus uh, committee co- yep. convened tomorrow, uh, Thursday on this. I hope I'm invited or SIP2 is invited this time to it because I would like to get our position across because we have got to protect the workers. We've got to protect our families and the communities and we've got to do everything we can. And if that means the HSE through the government uh, or the employers for that matter have to pay for repeated blanket testing of workers on a weekly basis within the meat plants, well, we should do that. We should saturate it with testing because that has been the mantra from the government from the very start in March. Test, test, test. But when it comes to workers in the meat industry, it doesn't seem to apply, and that's not good enough. Greg Ennis, thank you very much indeed uh, for joining us here on the programme this morning, as always. Greg Ennis, SIP2, Manufacturing Division Organiser. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com.